Hello and welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Creature. This is season one, episode four, Monster Swamp. I freaking love this theme music. I really, really do. It's probably one of my favorite. Like The Expanse has really good <laughs> opening music. Westworld, of course. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the tone of their theme music. This episode was written by Sarah Goodman, directed by Craig Ziss, premiered June 19th of 2016. I gave it an 8.3 out of 10. We got a little information, a little bit more. However, it still is kind of more world building, <laughs> topical uh, commentary of uh, what it would be like growing up in the back water of texas <laughs> more than anything else but we got a little bit more of a look at jesse's character which is important and maybe a peek or two at even tulips past in this town we start the episode at night in anvil driving a school bus after hours you know that's not weird at all I really enjoyed this shot though of it going down one street and then it's uh, following the long shot around that's just very menacing in a way that it shouldn't be <laughs> past the hotel and possibly a passed out Walter is that who we saw there's only so many black people in this town so anytime there's another black person I'm like Walter is that you I'm pretty sure it is Lacey in a tank top and undies runs for what seems her life uh, by someone in a pickup truck. She is shooed away by another group of women hiding in a grate and chased through a field joined by another woman who appears to be shot down, but we know she's alive because we can hear her groaning. Men give chase. She's caught by Clive who targets her with a paintball gun. And this, of course, would be entertainment for certain proud individuals in this country America, I think the most disturbing thing about this scene is the fact that it probably a hundred and twenty percent chance happened <laughs> sometime someplace with a group of probably highly influential individuals this would be something they're like you know what let's let's take it up a notch let's just grab the whole warhouse and treat them like fucking animals Lacey sinks to her death in a sinkhole which is not the best place to die we get a glimpse into the life of young jesse custer as he prepares sunday communion his father is a very respected pastor the place was packed absolutely committed in a way jesse has yet to display presently cassidy is trying to impress upon jesse the situation he is uh in and under and to be fair he does sound like and admit to being high 
<laughs> However, he is dismissive not only about the people after him, but that he is even a vampire, despite both being true. Jesse intends to use his new power for his own benefit. As Sheriff Root is watching Lacey's body be wheeled up, he says this world once again small commentary despite him not reacting (laughs) to odin's horrible words which we will get to in a little bit he is still rather disillusioned with how horrible this world continues to be um ew that's a suspect as well (laughs) while lacy's fellow hoes mourn tulip is included in the crowd because she is staying at moe's Donnie has called in sick. I wonder why. I see dead people. Odin Kincannon grabs the mic to say, There are some lessons to be learned. You boys need to watch your roughhousing because this is what can happen. And ladies, if you're going to be out here in the middle of the night, you need to watch where you're walking. Fuck you! Fuck you! I think that makes it very clear this is a misogynistic town (laughs) and if you're a woman with even a little bit of self-respect this may be a very frustrating situation if you have nowhere else to go root disperses the chuckling male crowd to tulip's ire as they are hosing her off upside down like she's a animal Jesse goes to Emily's where Tommy answers the door to tell her or tell him when he asks, where's your mom? She's pooping. Before she comes out, not seeming to wash her hands at all. Um, Jesse wants to see the church full like his childhood and needs her help asking how things are going. She's like, it's going to be, you know, a journey to get there he don't want a journey he just wants to get there wanting to be the man his father was without the work and tells her that we can raffle off a tv because that'll get people in the church instead of them wanting to actually go to church and that's a issue in itself (laughs) um telling her never mind the money spent that is ill afforded and coming out of it seems her checkbook this subtle manipulation is why Jesse is a problematic character for me. <laughs> we will continue to go into it at great detail. Men like this I am entirely too triggered towards as well. So no, I am just, uh, what's the word, historically biased. No matter how much I can comprehend what makes them the way they are. Just because you understand people in a way doesn't mean you have to like them. (laughs) As she says, she can't pick up the TV because she's working and doesn't have a sitter. He says, I need to prepare myself, yet we saw nothing of his preparation. He doesn't offer to watch the kids while he prepares, while she drives out to Best Buy after she gets off work. He gives her no money for the TV or a plan of reimbursement like a schedule anything and uses cassidy whom she hates and wants evicted so god forbid he is useful to get her to bend to his will yeah i saw all that 
it uh was not a pleasant sight these men are also very unattractive to me <laughs> i'm just being honest i don't like that overly macho i have a sad story so that means i could treat people like shit i i'm not for those type of characters and they do quite a bit of that with jesse even though you can see why he would be the way he is everyone got a everyone with a sad story isn't a piece of shit or an asshole and um and that's not to say other characters aren't as well at times he's just rather consistent not only that he watched this girl turn into a school this girl turned into a school girl basically she started blushing when he was removing a band-aid from her hair like we just happen to notice you get all of interpersonal space he tells her everything will change after he does something wonderful flashback that's young tulip right there with some other kids showing jesse how to smoke when his dad shows up telling him he needs to be an example to the others by whipping him in front of the other children with a belt this this is not okay now i am not one of those parents that are against whooping that kid's ass if they need their ass whooped okay there needs to be a lot more ass whoopings i'm not saying beat the fucking child i'm not saying even my parents i'm like yeah i don't resent that you whip my ass but you maybe take it just a little too far you know when you when you bust out extension cords that's when you take it a little too far however a couple of swats on the ass is how you get your point across okay couple of sw- you don't even always have to do it you do it about two times in a month and you best believe the next month they're probably gonna try to curb their attitude just a, just a bit but uh this would be considered a beast because <laughs> you don't need to whoop your kid in front of other people with his ass hanging out and you just laying the belt on him thick that's not at all how it's done that's not how you teach no that's that's crossing the line Cassidy goes to the Blanca Fior at the hotel a room to advise them he's still negotiating the meetup asking to write down the plan which is to split him open with a chainsaw Jesse that is or try a song which we saw them try once before winking blinking and a nod his favorite did you catch that uh then they're gonna put him him back in his domicile cassidy needs payment in the form of money to buy jesse drugs to seal the deal which deblanc hands over his entire wallet because they're angels and they don't know any better but when he's gone fior admits he doesn't trust him especially when he said uh can you give us a timetable soon can you be a little bit more specific very soon (laughs) and he decides to bring out this old looking phone DeBlanc tells him and this is a a good bit of chunk here of what is going on that they are what are they going to say they are not supposed to be down here without permission which they don't have not to mention why they are down here which also seems to will cause massive chaos and this is in heaven so i think that is one of our second since the pilot maybe biggest ideas of what's going on with jesse we know that there's two angels here we know that he has something in his possession that these two angels are trying to retrieve which seems as if they were maybe their babysitters or at least responsible for it 
and they're trying to do this all without alerting the people upstairs and what's to say what will happen once the people of upstairs are alerted which leads to the end of the episode ramping up a little bit more of that tension which is what i would like to see closer to the the mid-season here i believe it's 10 episodes king hannon is playing the most annoying game on the oldest computer known to man that is how behind on the times he really is i thought that was a good clue in to a character a good tick for them like he's just he's not trying to come into the 21st century at all (laughs) he is also meeting with the mayor miles who visits to discuss the unfortunate incident of lacy as noticeably he doesn't answer what is causing the sinkholes miles is called out on meeting with the cutler and green acres folks because apparently he has the mayor followed around (laughs) and instead of i will say instead of miles being like you know you caught me i'm so sorry it's like well since you bring it up look at these materials about sustainability but he also brings up a very um serious situation regarding the town like basically first he first odin passively threatens his life like my father when his father his father before him when people just you know questioned them they just took their asses out they just took their asses out (laughs) once again very attached to the past and uh miles is like bitch we are in a malaise (laughs) if we don't grow we die like our responsibility is to the succession or success of this town so that it continues to make money and we're losing it and it's the entire town so it's not even about hey do you want this to happen it's gotta happen so then odin responds by pissing in the man's briefcase kiss my entire ass fior is very much sucked in by our infomercials because they gave him one for a burger and he said i need to go get something to eat because i'm hungry that commercial made him hungry that's the power of commercials and why i don't watch them he went to the hotel clerk and said one big ass texas burger (laughs) and the commercial will talk about fit your mouth around this so just ugh he has to settle for the vending machine with a lot of options that aren't that big ass texas burger emily comes home with the tv with miles having put the kids to bed and cleaned the house but you think you deserve better or more exciting than the dependable guy white women they share wine and laughs and she just drops her pants like i'm never gonna be with you but you can keep this pussy warm which he does oblige washing her dishes before he even goes that's a courteous man right there the girls have a memorial for lacy at the whorehouse and it's clear and no one here finished high school as tulip tells Vern to shut it because he's like yeah we're all born in lacy no you're all not why are you guys even here and this doesn't involve him as she stares down clive and asks the women what the hell were they thinking allowing themselves to be treated this way 
Clive is not down for the girl power or being punked, but Mo breaks it up, giving the men a free hour of sex in honor of Lacey. Because, yeah, that's exactly how you want to honor someone by giving the men they cause her death free sex. We get more insight regarding Tulip's childhood. She says, you have a very fucking ferocious temper and you always have since you were a child. And Tulip said, well, my mother didn't care because she was too busy upstairs taking care of balls and uh, other organs of the body. So her mom was a prostitute. She worked in this very place, probably with these same type of women. And we see how they're willing to allow themselves to be treated. So that's a little insight on maybe why she is so the polar opposite. Like I ain't taking shit from nobody at no damn time. Because once you let a man stop all over you, they're going to kick you and beat you and possibly have you end up in a fucking cesspit, cesspit, cesspit of shit. Having you run around in the middle of the night in your underwear and panties because you think that's what you need to get them to stay or be loved. I don't know. Thinking she's going after Clive with whatever weapon because she was downstairs. All she heard was sex and she could not take it because she needed to... The Clive was laughing and that was not allowed and she had every intention this entire day to make sure he paid for that. Except she beats Cassidy who upon getting struck several times falls out the window and has a glass stuck in his neck. He's also asked out. <laughs> I don't know why Clive was standing there ever so casually like oh you got what are you doing? Like I would be seriously afraid for my life like this is what she was going to do to him. Maybe I need to back the fuck out. <laughs> worry about my safety karen is driving (laughs) to the hospital with tulip i don't even know why it was funny except the name karen i just love between tulips like sadness like oh shit like she reacts very much like a child like um i let my temper get the better of me i'm so sorry i can't believe i did this i'm so stupid 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 tulip you do this shit all the time and she very much is reduced to an adolescent at this moment and it's charming to Cassidy because she's not, you know, despite her temper, she's not someone who wants to go after people who don't deserve it. And she thinks she might have killed this guy and she's just freaking the fuck out about it. <laughs> um, and then she's yelling at Karen, drive faster. I'm driving as fast as I can. <laughs> she's like, I mistook you for that dick witch, Clive, and promises God or whoever that if he fixes this despite the fact that they hate each other she'll be good he won't even know it's her Uh, cassidy takes the time while falling in love to beg for a kiss which he obliges in the hospital (laughs) at the window (laughs) she says uh my friend needs a doctor And apparently that nurse worked in the ER so long that that much blood on anyone isn't alarming. And she hands over some forms. She's like, he needs a freaking doctor, Grandma. And he needs a freaking doctor right now. (laughs) Once again, she's trying to be good so that he's saved. It's just, it's an adorable, you know, look into a little bit more of this character who I personally love. 
she follows the blood trail to the blood bank because cassidy is no longer there where he has broken in and made a mess of the place telling her she was right i think i'm gonna make it um love the music in this scene i thought it was comical flashback once again in the middle of the night young jesse is awoken and taken with his father to visit odin king cannon where he nicks the same ashtray we see in the present hearing muffled talking then screaming as odin yells denounce him preacher denounce him through the open door jesse sees something that causes him to be creeped the fuck out in his father's car or truck as his father tells him some people can't be saved considering he just stole clearly jesse feels like one maybe he's one of those people as well which also informs a lot of his present behavior because where is he he's in odin king cannon's office building a miniature replica of some confederate shit because that's how much they can't fucking move on (laughs) even in 2021 fucking 200 300 i don't even know math years like still haven't banned the fucking confederate flag um he gets odin to agree to a deal like basically you want my land you can't get my land because my father never sold the land but if i can change your religious mind get you to serve god then uh what he said believe in god or something i don't remember the exact terms but i feel like that's important that he will um hand over the reins to said church on sunday jesse tells the congregation that they are all sinners embracing false idols and have strayed from the path but they're in luck i'm here put your faith in the light that's some arrogant ass shit to say considering you just broke someone's arm and you made a man just put a gun to his fucking face but sure you're now the new um moses (laughs) religious or non it doesn't matter which category that you're in don't force anyone into anything Uh, it just feels so hip hypocritical to me that might even be the word right term like let them do whatever the fuck they're gonna do if i have different opinions i'm just gonna state my opinions when i feel like state my opinions i'm gonna sit there and state them in front of them when they clearly feel a different way um say casual conversation just walk up so i don't believe what you believe so i'm gonna make you come to what i believe like that that's that's fucked up uh king cannon tells some preacher you tried it didn't work uh he tries again and then another time on third time he's able to use his powers and he says serve god and he does he wants to serve god and of course he probably thinks that if he can get odin to shift and the whole entire community will follow suit while fior in the hotel room is enjoying hot cheetos and is about to discover how pleasurable the experience is when you lick them off your finger uh they (laughs) they get a phone call except it's not the hotel phone as it was before it's the other one they back up in straight trepidation so what is going to happen next just gotta tune in to see let's head in to the feedback 
Christina is me shy. I am here to give my thoughts on The Preacher episode 4, um season 1, of course. And um Yeah, this one was a very interesting episode, slow pace, uh which is surprising cuz it started out uh with some action stuff going on that I thought would play out in some way throughout the episode, but it was I'm maybe it'll tie in I mean I don't know I didn't get the whole point of that other than um it led to some other things when it comes to tulip so I guess that but I just thought that would be like a a thing for this episode like maybe there's a monster or some kind of evil spirit (laughs) um underneath the ground or something I don't know but it was just a sinkhole and she drowned in the mud so that was that poor Lacey R.I.P um but yeah that's um that was it so I mean again like I said it started out with you know them chasing of course I'm like what the hell is going on and then kind of find out they were just uh I don't know playing some silly game of paintball or I guess an adult version of paintball at night with underwear and I don't know I guess some people enjoy that kind of thing but not me see that Emily and uh, Mayor Miles has a little something something going on on the side so she's using him or I guess they're using each other well it's mostly her using him for sex because he's still holding out hope for a relationship Cause ain't no way that that dude is <laughs> doing all that he's doing, um, and still not holding out some type of hope for more. And so, yeah, he's definitely a pushover. Um, don't have much of a backbone uh, in this town. So, and we see that with Emily, and we see that with um, Quinn Cannon. So he's kind of like the puppet, since that's the word of the week um uh, and so yeah and of course emily you could tell yep she's still got the hots for jesse and uh knowing how he is and what he's about she's holding out her hope for him and miles is holding out hope for her and so we have this strange triangle type thing going on so but yeah, we see uh, Quinn Cannon come out. Um, they all in a group of the girls from the brothel or whorehouse, however you want to call it, and the guys um, come out as they dig up Lacey and Quentin. Quinn Cannon is like uh, the lesson to be learned is watch your roughhousing for the dudes and watch where you're walking for the girls i'm like really that's it you made that big production of having the girl the uh your I guess your secretary put the little wood thing up and get the little microphone out just to say that my i was tulip in that situation i'm like seriously <laughs> um so yeah we got cassidy being extra cassidy I guess uh, in his own 
interesting eccentric way trying to tell Jesse about these guys who I'm still trying to figure out what is their deal um uh I'm just not understanding what's going on with that yet again I know it will be revealed in time but I have no guesses this phone is ringing and they don't want to answer it apparently they've gone rogue maybe they were supposed to have caught this thing by now and so they're beyond their deadline I don't know I have no idea Cassidy he actually he made me laugh a few times in this one um especially when he was talking to the guys and they were like when can we expect it and he's like soon and he said can you be more specific very soon (laughs) so (laughs) he had me dying with that one oh we see that tulip is just just angry i'm really looking forward to getting her backstory Uh, we got a little bit of jesse's in this one in regards to his father but it really i mean it didn't reveal anything that we didn't already know i mean he's a preacher and he goes i mean i I, again i'm just waiting on the meat of this all i mean i'm just waiting on more substance for this show because right now it seems like they're dancing around everything and not really giving us anything of substance um so far um with tulip and her story why she's so angry yes um i do see that which is i would love to know why is she why is her family in this town seem like they're the only black people in this town um what's going on with that uh what's going on with what jesse saw when he looked in that room um so that that they didn't show us for a reason so i'm looking forward to knowing what that's about uh tulip finds out about cassidy so that should be interesting going forward so i'm hoping that this will all start tying in and coming together um i don't know how many i forgot how many uh episodes this is supposed to be i think you mentioned it in your introductory (laughs) podcast but i don't remember um so i don't know if we're getting to the halfway point i know a lot of these shows don't go that many episodes 10 12 13 something like that so um that's all i got i mean it was it was a decent episode um i'm just ready to like start things to start ramping up um you just feel like i'm like what is jesse's what is he wanting to do is he trying to bring the town together is he's trying to uh follow through with his father's work um we got emily who's just you know doing his bidding he just looks at her a certain way and she's ready to just climb mountains for him we got miles cleaning up her house while she's out doing stuff for jesse it's like it's it's crazy so um what's quinn cannon's deal um then we got uh the mayor introducing some i guess new developers that are trying to uh encroach on his territory (laughs) and he pissed on it so to speak uh so yeah i'm just um yeah just uh i guess they continue to lay down the groundwork of the players and then everything will start being revealed um so 
that's all I got for this one. Until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. And that was Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. I mostly agree on the pace of everything. It is a little disparate. However, I think that it um, still had some nuggets in to add a little bit more than even the previous two. Let me look at my notes. Um, I had some stuff written down. I keep, my, I keep putting things all over the place. I hear a lot of clicking in the background. <laughs> I don't like toggling, but I started typing my notes and now I like the typing of the notes much better. Saves my carpal tunnel a lot. However, I have to toggle between screens and that's not my strong suit. Um, what did I, you know, I don't even know what I meant by this. There was an evil spirit <laughs> and then I just put a white man. <laughs> um, and then no self-respecting women, woman would think that that was fun. Uh, I guess that was some commentary on something. I, I need to do better at writing. I just write really quick <laughs> notes down or ideas as I'm listening and yeah, Miles is a little weak sauce, but I think compared to all the other men in this town, he is probably one of the good guys. And he did get to be nominated mayor, and he did push back on the whole Green Acres thing. He just got humiliated for it. But I think his stance didn't change. Like, bruh, <laughs> it's not a not a matter of if; it's just a matter of when. This is happening, rather you want it to happen or not. Uh, so they did reveal some shit this episode, which I think if you, when you go back through my pod, you might, um, you know, it's, you know, some miss blanks, some fill in the blanks with some missed dialogue, I should say. Um, you know, I kind of went over about the angels, the, their situation. Um... I know you were uh, asking about Tulip, like, oh, she's just as angry. I don't see her as just angry. Um, and maybe you didn't mean to say just angry. I know when I go off in tangents, you're like, but I didn't mean it. But I only got so much info to go by. <laughs> I interpret it at the current moment. Um, but I will say that I think that there are reasons even for her being angry uh discussed uh briefly in the last or maybe yeah it was the last podcast um or her insistence one would say uh but i think making it clear that she comes from you know a very neglectful uncle <laughs> who is nothing but drunk and all over the place a mom who's a whore who kind of probably neglected her as well so she grew up way faster than she ever should so i think these little subtle things are are being put out there regarding why she reacts the way she does and there's not to say though it's not just anger too because it's me personally i feel like there's a lot of things in this town that would make me especially if i had to be in this town right she's stuck here because she's waiting for Jesse. Because she's committed to doing something. This Carlos job. With him versus without him. It is her choice. But it is creating. You know. 
having to confront maybe some feelings she hadn't dealt with or what this town brings out on her i don't know um and then i think that some of the dialogue more so than the actions had out a lot of these characters more so um than maybe what we see but i will say some things like what did jesse see in the room (laughs) that caused him to have that look like that is things that are gonna come in time even king cannon but i like the little small things they do to impress upon who these people really are and why they're acting and reacting the way that they are and it's not always the thought like with donnie's situation that you you think initially so that is our feedback for this episode if you want to join in the conversation blackgirlcouch at gmail.com you can send it in written or audio format my social media will be below you can also comment below as well remember to like share subscribe and if you have time run over to itunes rate the podcast leave a review until next time peace hair grease and black on magic <laughs>